I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander and... Today, well not technically today, I recorded this episode about a week ago or so, I don't know why I always say today, even though usually these introductions aren't directly in relation to the time frame of recording said episode, but nonetheless, at some point, I recorded a fantastic uh, conversation with Mr. Carl Pally from Gymnastics Squad, from Freestyle Connections, this is his uh, most current website, check it out, Freestyle Connections. Um, he is a New York Times best-selling author of a book about movement. I love that, that people are buying books about movement. Um, his book is called Freestyle, and the subtitle for that guy is Maximize Sport and Life Performance with Four Basic Movements. So beautiful. I loved chatting with Mr. Carl. I had a great time with him. Uh, he and I are actually on a very similar schedule. We're both flying on a jet plane away to London in a few days, and then Spain after that. Somehow, oddly enough, uh, <laughs> he and I are teaching in the same places on almost exactly the same schedule. Or not same places, different places, but almost the exact same schedule in the same cities and countries and such. Pretty interesting. So, be connecting with Mr. Carl out there. Looking forward to chatting. In this episode, we got into these four movements that he breaks down. How we are the how we can develop every aspect of our movement practice from these foundational movements. What are they? Suspense, suspense, suspense. And um, we got into shoulder positioning, overhead shoulder positioning, push-up positioning, dip positioning. What is the most stable position for your limbs to be in? Same concept with your hips. What is that? Why aren't we ever taught? Why aren't we ever educated on how to drive our bodies more effectively? Because most people don't know. Most people don't have an answer for this. It's the blind leading the blind. And so when you go with your gym teacher, usually, maybe not usually, oftentimes they don't have the uh, capacity to break this down. How to move well in our body beyond how to throw a kickball at somebody else's face and remember your gym shorts. We gotta get into it. All of a sudden what it feels like is that the information that I'm conveying is information that they already knew, but they had never really thought about before, but they knew it. So it ends up becoming this thing where they say, tell me more about what I already know. And that is what human movement is all about. No doubt, no doubt we have infinite potential. And it's just a matter of peeling back the layers. And I say this all the time. Uh, learning, uh, progression, adaptation is not linear, it's circular. True human performance can only be measured by feel. And your body is communicating with you through feel. And if you don't know how to perceive that feel and act on that feel, then you're missing out. And I think that's what this is all about. It's, uh, it's about being able to communicate with your body. That's what we got in today with Mr. Carl Pally. Um, I love Carl. I look forward to hanging out with a man in, uh, in Lundan. Had a great time. It was very tangential, this conversation, because uh, just all sorts of stuff to talk about that was 
beyond the standard, you know, how to how to move better. There's also why move better. That's a big part of it. Anywho, that was way too long. I apologize. Hopefully you didn't turn the podcast off by now. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there you will find... Hundreds of free videos, self-care, functional movement. You'll find courses. You'll find the self-care kit. Get that little bugger. Keep your tissue moving fantastically. I so greatly appreciate you guys helping out and uh, supporting this podcast, supporting my life. Um, I will be traveling for the next six months and um, living off of the earnings that I get from the the website and selling the self-care kit and courses. And, um, yeah, also do body work and stuff as I go, teach courses, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, you guys are supporting me, and I so greatly appreciate that. I can't thank you enough. It's amazing. Um, Yeah, that's just just very cool. Uh, If you can tell any of your friends, I appreciate that. Spread the word. Uh, This is, I think, fairly different format than what any other podcaster has done. If anybody knows of anybody. Hit me up. I'd love to meet him. Uh, but yeah, traveling on the road. I got this fancy little briefcase thing to hold my microphone and my computer and my. Uh, I got to bring in an SLR camera, and I'm gonna keep on doing interviews. And I got about like 30 interviews backlogged, so I can keep on dishing them out. And I'm gonna do a new intro on every one to give you an update of where the heck I am, what the heck is going on. Hopefully, I have an African tribesman sitting on my face or something ridiculous for some of these. And uh, we'll see. See how that goes. Um, what else? Utilize the Amazon portal on the website, on the blog, and the podcast. That kicks down a small percentage of your purchase to me. And once again, very, very helpful. And uh, please be so kind as to leave some sexy, sexy little comments on that iTunes machine. That is just so incredibly appreciated, helpful for the ratings, helpful for people to see this show, and um, Honest God makes me feel very warm and sappy and a little bit almost overwhelmed with gratitude inside. Uh, It's amazing how just a little comment saying how you're doing a great job can make a person feel so good. Thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Lertz1211. Aaron has some of the best guests in health fitness field and doesn't take himself too seriously. Thanks for that. Uh, he's laid back personality. He's personally, wait, 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 wait. Let me, his laid back personality isn't boring to listen to like some others in the field. Keep up the good work and good guests. I recommend bringing on Mr. Daniel Vitalis. Well, Daniel Vitalis is coming on in, I think, like two months. We have a scheduled conversation. So that is going down. Don't you worry. Uh, there we go. Thank you so much once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, a little bit introverted <laughs> sounding. You might notice the tone of my voice in this uh, introduction here because I am leaving the country, leaving my life in two days. And it's got a lot of introspection to do. All right. I think that's, I'm, I know I'm forgetting a ton of things. And uh, if I see you in Europe or if you're out in Africa, I know there's listeners in Africa as well. Hit me up. I would love to hear from you. And um, yeah, love to love to kick it. Just going to kick it. All right, here we go. Biggity, biggity. What, 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 what? Call Pally. Align Podcast. 
This is, you'll like this quote. The society that separates its scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. And that's by Thuc- Thucydides or something. I don't know who. Thucydides was very smart. Thucydides was nailing it. Right. Oh, well, man. I'm already recording. So you want to just, just do this thing? Let's go for it, dude. Let's make it happen. All right, let's do it. All right, so. Carl Pally, thanks so much. I've been a fan of yours for the last like maybe couple years, a year and a half or so. I learned about you through Kelly Start, Mobility Wad. I'm sure that's the case with a lot of folks. Appreciate all of y'all what you're doing. It's fantastic and amazing. I wanted to chat. The reason I mentioned that quote is uh, your background is marine biology and gymnastics and movement, you know, but you went from you could have been you know, like a professional marine biologist saving whales and stuff, and you're doing movement. Uh huh. What was that yeah, like? What's yeah, the deal? everything is a little crazy, you know. Right. I I I didn't plan much of this; it just kind of happened. Uh, and before we even get into into talking about it, thank you for having me, of course, and and I appreciate the support. It's just it's been amazing, and uh, having someone like Kelly Starrett back me has been unreal. And it, that's someone I met in '07, and uh, it was just me exploring different ways of moving and strength and conditioning uh and finding crossfit and him being in the space and uh, me just kind of diving in uh head first so it, it's uh, it's been crazy and it's it's cool to be here and and uh yeah i uh i started environmental science uh, specialized in uh, marine biology uh realized uh i was uh, spending most of my time uh, shoveling poop <laughs> uh and it wasn't really what i wanted to do but uh, I, I enjoyed it, I guess, in a weird way. And, um, but on the side, I needed something else. And I started coaching gymnastics. And that's kind of how I fell into this uh, uh, role of being a, a movement coach, if you will. Right. Yeah, so I dig that. And so a lot of the show, I talk to people just generally that, that are kicking ass in life. You know, I think that there's so much more to movement than just necessarily I'm really good at gymnastics or capoeira or whatever it is. And it's just like how you move through the world. How excited are you to wake up in the morning? You know, how do you carry yourself as you're walking? You know, yeah. I think, and, and, and so with that, it's like if you're not excited about the work that you're doing, then it's going to be tough to walk as though you are. Mm-hmm. And then finding a career path that – Absolutely, your 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 foundation of, of of your career, your best advertising is is how you walk around the world. Yeah, well, you let's know, get let's get it straight first. I mean, one thing that I say all the time, and this is one of my quotes, is the the grind is the glam. Uh, people people think that oh yeah, you're kicking ass, everything's going well, uh, it's easy day for you. You're just going and charging forward, and and the truth is, it's. It's it's not like that necessarily. It's a, it's a daily struggle. It's something that you constantly have to focus on, and you constantly have to be working towards uh, whatever your goal may be. And you have to believe that uh, every step of the way, you're doing something meaningful. And and actually, this is from listening to one of your your interviews. Uh, I don't know what it was from, but it was an interview. It was a video, and you you basically said. Every um, moment in your life, uh, whether it's picking up your kid or stepping into a car, stepping out of the car is an opportunity uh, to make change and make a difference. And, and that's kind of how, how I live life. So I'm glad it's perceived as I'm kicking ass, kicking because, ass! <laughs> because for the most part, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm struggling. Right. But it's cool. You know, uh, it's good stuff. Well, that's I mean, that's like all stoic philosopher Seneca, you know, like that's a big thing that they talked about, you know, is it's your perception of what 
you're doing is the most crucial component of it. No matter mm-hmm. what, we're always winning, losing. It's all the same crap. It's you know, the same it's, crap. It's, it's the, the same, same crap. crap. Same crap. <laughs> it's the perception crap. of, okay, I got to dig this ditch. It's like, no, I don't got to dig this ditch. I'm going to dig the crap out of this ditch. It's going to uh-huh. be the best. I'm going to every single scoop. is going to be the best scoop I've ever scooped. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Every scoop counts, you know, and, and, uh, and that's something that uh, I am glad I figured that out kind of at an early age. And I don't know why, but I was just driven to make a difference. And I felt like, Every day when I woke up in the morning, I felt special. I just felt like, oh, you know what? I have something special to offer. I had no clue what that was. I still don't know what it is. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm pushing forward. I'm like, something's going to happen. And it, it actually is. And, you know, it happens to be that I'm pretty good about uh, talking about movement, thinking about movement, uh, relating it to all types of athletes, individuals, uh, relating it to pain, relating it to performance, relating it to uh, looking better, looking worse, whatever it is you want to do. I, I'm, I think I'm good at relating to people and I'm good at talking about it. And I think where my uh, kind of magic uh, talent or special talent is, is that I can take people on a journey where Basically, I can start a conversation that leads into a thought process, and that thought process, we can match our basic wavelengths, and all of a sudden, what it feels like is that the information that I'm conveying is information that they already knew, but they had never really thought about before, but they knew it. So it ends up becoming this thing where they say, tell me more about what I already know, and that is what human movement is all about. Sometimes I get the feeling this could be total BS, but I get the feeling that every person, and this is and this has been said before, and I've read this and heard this and thought this, but every person we are already tapped in to infinite knowledge. Yeah. We already have everything there. You know, and the biggest thing, it's like we end up we're trained to put ourselves into these boxes. We're trained to forget, you know, and then when you see someone that thinks they're special, you know, all of a sudden it's like Kill him! <laughs> yeah, you know? that guy's crazy. He's crazy. That guy's crazy. He Don't talk to special. him. Yeah, you know, he it's thinks like, he's special. I think that if we kind of unshroud ourselves a little bit from that, we have infinite potential, man. No doubt, no doubt, we have infinite potential, and it's just a matter of peeling back the layers. And I say this all the time: uh, learning, uh, progression, adaptation right. is not linear; it's circular. And it really is about going through that circular thought process that when you finally return to where you started and you're thinking, that's when you have completed the cycle and now you get to unlock the next thing. And it's those people that have a feeling that there's something on the other side and willing to go through that thought process and realizing that when they come back to the beginning, they've actually arrived at the next level, that those are the people that... Uh, end up making it and you know uh, I'm not saying that they're better thinkers uh, than others it's just they're people that give themselves permission to do that uh, and others that don't right yeah one 
esoteric metaphysical quote thing. And then we're going to talk about movement and gymnastics and stuff. Uh, there's a quote that I wrote down in my journal when I went. I did this big motorcycle trip through Mexico, Central America. All over, I was planning to go to Patagonia. And ended nice. Up being, ended up being just too much freaking sitting on my motorcycle. I, I, wow. I, wanted, I wanted to move. Wow. <laughs> you know, but it was a big old seven-month trip, 12,000 miles, super great. And the very first quote that I put on this leather-bound journal that my buddy made for me was um, the reason we travel is to arrive at the place we began and under truly understand it for the first time. And I think that that's the case, man. It's always this spiral. That's why mm -hmm. we always come back to horse stance and karate. We always mm -hmm. come back to squats. We always come back to muscle ups and burpees yeah. and you know the things that you mentioned in your book, which I want to talk about that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's really interesting that you say that because you know uh, a lot of people see me being part of the the physical coaching world of physical education, gymnastics, CrossFit, whatever you, you name it. Uh, but in my mind, I'm just in, in the movement world. And, and one of those things is transportation actually. And I, I'm obsessed with how do I get from point A to point B? I mean, I sit on planes all day, yeah. uh, and it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and that, you know, if you think about it, if I start traveling the world and I start exploring it, I can go around our planet and eventually I will arrive back where I started. And you're just like, what happened? I felt like traveled forever and I came back to where I started. It's always going to be that way. And it doesn't matter what direction you take. You're always going to come back. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, it's such a phenomenal thing to be okay with that. Uh, and this happens in, in you know, I, I may be going off tangent, but uh, I recently became a parent and uh, I'm, a, I'm a foster adopt parent to a teenager, but uh, regardless of, of the age, uh, what's what's interesting is that you see the process of growing up that the kid has, and you go through the childhood phase where you know you're dependent of the parent, and then all of a sudden you become a teenager. You start to uh, rationalize things yourself, and then all of a sudden you start going out there and exploring, and you start messing up a lot. But you think you can do it on your own. And then eventually, as you start messing up and you start learning, you start realizing, you start realizing that, you know what? My parents may know something. My, my parents right. may have gone through something similar. So you tend to come back to the parent and now you've gone full circle in, in your cycle of, of adaptation. And, and it happens with everything, uh, whether it's uh, traveling around the world or learning a new movement or uh, rehabbing yourself from an injury or, you know, growing up as a human being. And it's, it's such an interesting process that I'm personally obsessed with. How about so fully tangent on? Uh, so let's <laughs> at go, some let's point, go. we're going to talk about knees. Uh, you know, so interesting thing with, with the parent thing. Do you remember the moment that you realized that your parents are people? Yes, actually. Um, yeah, I had a realization maybe when I was 13 or 14. Right. Uh, I was uh, competing at a pretty high level in gymnastics. And uh, I had to kind of make a decision whether I wanted to continue going on full force or not. And what it meant to try to make the national team and try to go to the Olympics. And remembering kind of asking my parents about it and them not being able to give me a straight answer and kind of saying, you kind of need to decide that yourself. And I was like, how are you not giving me this information? Right. And then it wasn't until I actually moved away from home uh, permanently, which was uh, when I moved to the US, and this was when I was 21, 
so uh yeah 13 years ago almost now uh that i i every time i went back i realized you know what they're going through the same struggles that i'm going through and we're all in the same boat and at first it was a little scary but there was something about just knowing that they were human as well that made me feel like it was okay right yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's the kind of the way that we started the conversation was talking about, you know, it's, it's all a grind, the glamour's in the grind. I, I think right. That, you know, and it's like, it's the same thing when you, when you see, when you see Carl Pally or you see Kelly Starr, where you see, you know, all these people that you might look up to mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, they're incredible, you know? And Whoa. then it's like, well, actually I just work my ass off a lot and usually things don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there's yeah. a couple things that seem to have caught on, and now everyone remembers before that. But that's just a small fractal of mm-hmm. of, of what's really going on there. Yeah, you know, we do that totally. with musicians. We do that with everything. Totally, it's like there's some real humanness here. Uh huh. Uh huh. For sure. You for know? sure. I mean, uh, I tell people all the time at my seminars, I'm like, I'm just a dude standing here talking <laughs> to you guys about something I thought about. There are 50 of you guys in the audience, 60, 70 sometimes. You're older than I am. You have more experience than I do. Uh, so let's put that in perspective. Right. Uh, and and if you look up to me or you learn something from me, phenomenal. Let's let's go and dig into what that thing was, where it came from, and how it matches what you know. And right. that is 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 where I think people really feel like okay, this is this is. This is real. This makes sense. This is something I can I can understand. And I think that's why we are having this conversation is to be able to tap into some problems that people may have or or are seeing and how we are solving them and, and how we can just talk about it in a way that it may make sense to other people. Right. So actionable information. Here we go. Uh, I'm traveling to London in like next week, seven days. And then I'm going to no go way. to Spain right after that, actually. Dude, I'm, I'm going a week after you oh, to cool. London and then to Spain too. Oh, cool. So we should, we should, uh, road trip we, we, or something. That'd be great. We may road trip. We <laughs> that, may have to road trip. That'd be great. You know, so uh, for folks, myself included, I got some ideas on this, but for, for folks that are traveling, wherever you're going, going to Baltimore or whatever, wherever you're going. How do we do that effectively? Because I think we end up throwing ourselves away for our work. We throw ourselves mm-hmm. away for our commute, for our talk on the phone, our text message. We don't need to throw ourselves away. We can yeah. be powerful. We can mm-hmm. make you know our battle stance, our everyday stance. You know the Miyamoto Masashi right. stuff. So yeah. like, how do you how do you bring you know Japanese warrior mindset into travel? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I am all about convenience. Okay. So when I travel, I have my routine that I follow every single time. I know exactly when I eat. I know exactly how I pack. I know exactly what time I need to be at the airport. I know exactly when I step through security, what's going to happen next. If I'm going to have a coffee or if I'm going to sit down and have some food when I'm boarding, when I want to board, where I'm going to sit on the plane, when I order my water, when I listen to, you know, it's, it's such a routine. So the first thing is establishing a routine and knowing that traveling is really harmful to the body, especially if you're traveling across uh, time zones. So the first thing is if you're traveling across time zones is make sure that you're already set on that time zone. I set my clock on the new time zone as soon as I step on the plane. It's like, okay, I'm there. So mentally, I'm already setting myself up and I can even feel my body regulate to that. Now, 
there's a problem because when you're sitting on the plane, of course, the light is funky, uh, the air is funky, the seats are very funky. You may be sitting next to someone that's just putting you in a bad position. So you need to become aware of those things. And uh, in terms of position, uh, I, of course, carry a backpack. I make sure that the backpack is is not overly packed. So it's it's heavy, but not heavy that that to the point where I have to hunch over to carry it. Uh, if, if I'm traveling long distance, I'll have a, a, a roller bag. Uh, the roller bag will always have four wheels, uh, so I can have it flat and I don't have to carry it and have my shoulders hinging forward, switch hands, stuff like that. It's always pushing versus pulling. Very important. Uh, and these are small things that I do. And then, uh, I try to cut all carbs out of my, uh, my diet when I'm, when I'm traveling. So it's all protein. And I triple the intake of, of fluids, and sometimes it's coffee a lot, but I try to make it water. Um, yeah, so it's just small things like that that just you need to be aware of and you need to kind of realize them yourselves. But if you don't realize it yourself, make sure you stay hydrated, make sure you're sleeping, get on the new time zone when you're sitting in your seat. Try to sit upright as much as you can, even though it may be uncomfortable, but that's just like training. We want to be in an uncomfortable position so we can feel better in the long run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I appreciate all of that and I'm probably going to utilize most of that and a lot of it I already do. The, the, another thing you'd mentioned is, is setting your clock to that time frame. I was just talking to Dan Party. I don't know if you heard. He's like the sleep master. I don't know. He's, he's quite famous in the world of sleep. <laughs> Actually, he, he, he does a uh, party with a D, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 no, exactly what it is, yeah. Really cool sure. guy, really cool guy. Mm-hmm. I'll really set up to some point. Uh, but one of the things that he mentioned is the utilization of melatonin. I've heard kind of iffy things about mm-hmm. that. But something that he says, like, if you're going to use melatonin, melatonin is an indication that, you know, your pituitary gland is saying, like, okay, it's dark out. So mm-hmm. what you can do if you are going to use melatonin, you know, it's up to you if you want to, if you want to you know, be using exogenous supplements like that. But sure. But uh, utilizing that the melatonin at the time of sunset at the place that you're going to be at. So if it's like 3 p.m. here, you know, and the sun's setting now in London or whatever pop your melatonin a couple days out and start already pre-adjusting. So you have some conference or something you got to like seem smart for the day mm-hmm. you get off the plane. You can start to pre-adjust yourself to that. Kind of a cool you, thing. That's a really cool thing. You know, that's very interesting because depending on where I'm going uh, and according to the time zone that I'm going to, it my not my nerves, but basically my thought about the trip comes up sooner rather than later. So if I'm on the same time zone, I don't care at all. I just get on the plane, travel, that's done. Right. But if I'm going to London, for example, and I know there's a, a eight hour time difference, it's almost like eight days before I go out, nice. I start already thinking about this. It's almost like I'm settling into this new schedule. I go to bed a little earlier, wake up a little earlier. Nice. It, it, very crazy, but that's it's interesting cool. that the melatonin can be a good supplement to right. to start regulating uh, the hormonal level, of course. And then, if you want to get all samurai, you know, Buddhist monk style with this, of we course, have, we have we have control <laughs> of all this stuff. That's you know, awesome. and I think that's exactly what you're doing. It's like, okay, great, you know, fourteen ninety nine, I can get the supplement, or. I can become more in tune with my own self, my own psychology, my biology, my physiology, and I can start to shift this stuff. A lot of people, once again, you start talking like this, a lot of people are like, kill him! <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're crazy. You're he's, crazy. You're he's a not, witch. Yeah, you're not. But guess what? At the end of the day, I just want to feel good. Right. I just want to feel good. And, and this is when we talk about performance. It's like true human performance can only be measured by feel. 
Right. And your body is communicating with you through feel. Right. And if you don't know how to perceive that feel and act on that feel, then you're missing out. And I think that's what this is all about. It's yeah. uh, it's about being able to communicate with your body. So these are things that, yes, people are going to uh, listen to you and think you're a nut. Uh, we must we must kill you now. They already think that. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I don't that's care. Right. Yeah. So, so, okay. So getting into feel. We're going to actually talk about movement. We're starting right now. Getting into feel. You know, you in the book Freestyle, which I have, I, it's, I'm going to get it. I have a Kindle thing. I tried to get it on Kindle. I didn't have it on Kindle. I swear to baby Jesus, I'm getting that book as soon as I can. <laughs> I'll get I'll get So, but, but what I do know is the reviews and the notes and all that stuff, I've looked into as much as I can. And one of the things about it, the four exercises, like the simple, basic ground level movements that you break down in that, I think yeah. that's a really crucial thing for people to have something to grab onto. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you say like, all right, play the guitar. Here's a guitar. Go. Right. It's like, uh, right. okay. You know, but if you <laughs> give me some chords or maybe teach me a song, eventually I can improvise. Exactly. You know, so can exactly. you kind of get into that a little bit? Well, first of all, the the, the book is uh, is a manual uh, and it's a manual for my actual seminar. And my seminar, when I first started doing my seminars, everyone wanted me to teach them gymnastics. And it was actually the CrossFit community that wanted to know gymnastics, but at such a basic level uh, where it was almost like, okay, teach me how to do a push-up, teach me how to do a squat, teach me how to do a pull-up. What does that look like? And now can you match this to uh, the signature movements that we see in CrossFit? And eventually by doing seminars in the CrossFit space, in the gymnastics space, and everywhere else, uh, these very basic movement patterns started to arise, which were exactly that, a push-up which is a handstand push-up that I talk about in the book. That's one of the movements. Uh, A squat, which uh, in the book I talk about the pistol, which is just a form of squatting. Uh, The muscle-up, which is pulling mechanics, some sort of form of pull, which uh, at at first started as a pull-up and then eventually uh, went into something higher level as as the muscle-up. And then something that was a combination of those three movement patterns and and that's where the burpee kind of appeared so in the book you have the handstand push-up you have the pistol you have the muscle up and you have the burpee and basically those four movements are an excuse for me to give you a couple of recipes that you can practice and go through that eventually if you actually practice them and you understand the principles uh for the progressions that are in the book then you can start learning actually how to move, how to cook. You use the recipes, learn those a little bit, and as you go through them, you finish the book and you're like, oh, wait a second. I don't have all the ingredients for these recipes, but guess what? I can make a pretty decent meal. I can move pretty well. And uh, that's that's one of the main takeaways. And then the other takeaway is, is kind of addressing this concept of what is perfect movement. Everyone is kind of chasing this really good quality and how do you define quality of movement? Well, that's uh, usually pain-free or the highest level of performance where you can last as long as possible. And that's where the fitness community um, comes in and says, hey, well, the movements have to be functional. Right. And that's that's a concept that uh, even though we all think we know what it means, uh, it can get confusing. And because movement is just this crazy cloud of information, 
uh, it's just a good way to orient ourselves and and find ourselves within in the mist. Yeah, I think it's interesting when people put moralistic labels on movement. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad movement. That's a good movement. Like, hey, you know. uh, okay. <laughs> so so I, was, I was talking with Mark Bowden, who's another guy who's really great on body language, rad guy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everybody gets to check him out. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned in relation to uh, body language, he said, "There's no such thing as good or bad body language. Nope. Right? There's only results that you did or did not." want you know exactly that's the thing it's like yeah do whatever you want to do but know that there very likely is a more efficient pathway to achieve said movement Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's where it's at well i think what you just said there is also very interesting you know in my practice one of the things that i i I realized especially as i matured as as a teacher and coach is that less is more And everyone that comes to my seminars or that I work with, they know a lot. And when you know a lot, sometimes you want to give a lot. And the art is when you can give very little but prioritize it to the point where it makes huge impact, huge change. And that's where kind of what you said is when we teach or when we coach or when we live our lives, we need to create an environment that's going to be conducive to our success. And uh, in the book, for example, when it comes to movement, one of the things that I talk about is saying, if you can bring things to the anatomical position, which is just a geeked out way of saying, bringing your feet together, bringing your arms by your sides, externally rotating your shoulders, which is also something that my mom would not understand what I'm talking about, and it's confusing, but just kind of getting into that poster boy that we see at the doctor's office or if you study anatomy. If you can take any movement pattern and put that in that position, you're going to make sure that at least your starting position is strong enough and it's going to lead to something successful. Uh, and, And that's something that we would have to dig a little deeper into, but that's a way of creating a standard that's going to be successful in the long run and that it's moldable and transferable to everything else. Yeah. There's a, a metaphoric thing that I want to say, and then I actually do want to dig into the anatomical parts of that. But yesterday I was at this this gym that I quite enjoy. They have like cold tubs and hot tubs and infrared saunas, all this really rad stuff. Nice. Cold lasers. It's great. And I was there, and they're a TV. We were watching a diving, uh, like Red Bull diving competition. Oh, cool. Yeah, cliff diving. Ah, oh, so cool. Yeah. And awesome. they had some gymnastic rings set up in front of it. And I'm doing gymnastic ring stuff, and I don't even realize I'm doing gymnastic ring stuff because I'm watching the TV. Mm-hmm. So that would be a really little micro example of setting yourself up for success. It's like, well, I'm watching Red Bull. I could be sitting on my ass eating Cheetos, or I could be doing pikes, right. know, or I could be I could be actually be working with this as I'm going. But so as as far as so that so you know take it or leave it that one. But as far as anatomical structural information for people to understand, like well. What is a baseline? What's a starting point? You know, the one thing that's that's interesting, and you can go any direction you want with this, but I think it's really interesting, like the external rotation of the shoulder girdle mm-hmm. when you're when you're in rings or when you're overhead press or whatever. Can we talk about that? Like, why is it totally, matter? totally? Well, well, it matters for many, many, many reasons. But uh, okay, let's see. I don't want to get lost here, but let's <laughs> let's start with this one. In life, we're always trying to standardize things. Yeah. The reason we're trying to standardize things is because it helps us observe and describe something. When we can observe and describe something, we can rationalize it. When we can rationalize it, we can start manipulating it. And that's science right there. It's basically taking standards and then combining those standards and trying to solve problems, trying to see how they add up. Uh, 
but when it comes to movement, there are three things that we need to pay attention to. Number one, the mechanics. Uh, if you understand biomechanics, you know what that looks like. If you don't understand biomechanics, then guess what? You speak the language of human movement. So, for example, okay. if you see someone cry, you're like, oh, yeah, you're crying. You're sad. Uh, what's going on? You don't even have to hear from them. You, you can see that they're crying. That's, that's basic body language, okay? Right. And we speak that. You can even have someone crying of happiness. They don't have to say anything. You're like, you're crying of happiness. Wow. You know, you right. understand that that's the basic language of biomechanics. And now you can get more geeked out and now start talking about angles and levers and da 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 and, da, and you can go on and on and on. So the first thing is that you want to optimize the biomechanics. So when you set a standard, you want to make sure that the mechanics that we're seeing are sound, that they're physically productive, long-lasting, safe, uh, everything that we would uh, maybe define within a functional movement. The next thing we do is, because we're all very dogmatic, right. we all have an education, right. uh, we are always trying to compare it to uh, either the rules or standards that we see in a game or a sport. Okay, so let me give you an example. Talking about mechanics, if I see someone uh, on a set of rings, you were talking about the rings right now, yeah. and they're holding a support, meaning they're holding themselves up over the rings. If you see a gymnast, you'll notice that their palms of their hands are pointing forward and their thumbs are turned out. That mechanically at shoulder level is external rotation. Also, what it's forcing, it's forcing a lockout in the elbow, which allows me to support myself. And the other thing from a standard perspective compared to a sport or a game like gymnastics is uh, something very interesting that when you're supporting yourself on the rings and you actually perform that shape, that mechanical shape, the straps that we see holding the rings are no longer touching your arm. And what's interesting is that in the sport of gymnastics is that if you hold a support and those straps are touching your arms, you lose points. Mm. So by adapting proper mechanics, all of a sudden you're also matching the sport, which is I don't want the strap touching my arm. Right. Does that make sense? So now yeah, all of a sudden yeah. we have mechanics and rules of a game or a sport coming together. You're like, oh, wow, that makes sense. This also happens in Olympic weightlifting. If I do a heavy lift, a snatch or a clean uh, and jerk, and when I catch overhead, I need to, in Olympic weightlifting, catch with a locked out elbow. If my elbow is not locked out and I press out, that lift doesn't count. Hmm. Mechanically, it's more effective and efficient to catch with a locked out elbow. So all of a sudden, we're seeing that the rules of a game, of a sport, are matching the mechanics of our body, the efficiency, the effectiveness, those right. things match. Right. So all of a sudden when we're having to create standards for movement, we need to look at those two things. Right. And then the last one, and this is the third and last one, is that that standard, when you create it, you want to make sure that it looks good. And mm. when, you, when you look at movement and it looks good, you just know. I mean, my mom doesn't have to know anything about deadlifting. If she sees a deadlift that looks like you're about to break your back, Right. She can tell. She's like, oh, my God, that doesn't really look good. Right. But an educated person can maybe say, you know what? That deviation is not that bad. You can keep going. It's okay. But my mom kind of knows, oh, yeah, you're pushing the limits. So 
all of a sudden you have these three standards. You have proper mechanics that you know from biomechanics or simply your, your basic ability to speak the language of movement. You have the standards or rules of a game or a sport. And then you have, is it sexy or not? Yes. Does it look good yeah. or not? And we want it to be sexy, right? right. Now, here's what's interesting. If you are Bruce Lee, you understand these things. And what happens is that when you're doing something that's mechanically accurate and it looks good and it serves a purpose but doesn't match uh, the standards or rules of a game or sport, you're creating a new one. Mm. And that is where we want to live and we want to be okay with that. So my encouragement for everyone is that if you have pain, you need to set a new standard and you need to set it at those three levels. If you don't know any of those levels, I'm sure you know what you want to look like, how you want to be perceived. You need to live like that. You need to act like that. Because when I walk into a room, I can be destroyed, tired, in a bad mood. But when I walk in the room, I know how I want to be perceived. Am I going to be fake? No, I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to say, you know, I feel like crap today, but I'm going to carry myself in a way that when people perceive me, they're like, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He knows what he feels. He knows who he is. And that is what makes the difference. Right. Uh, and we need to live our lives that way. And that doesn't mean can't be scared or you can't be uncomfortable or you're not going to run into walls. It, that's going to happen. Yeah. The struggle is real. It's going to happen. But at least you know that what you're doing is meaningful and you're acting in a way that makes sense to you. Yeah, I look at all the dogmas as kind of like if you look at a rope and you see all the different strands of a rope, mm-hmm. each one of those strands, that's a dogma, right? Exactly. That's a movement dogma. It's a thought dogma. It's whatever it is. This is, this is everything. It's this one strand. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you can start to put all those together, then you start to have a mature individual, a mature coach that's right. able to read a variety of different folks. Anybody comes in the room, they're like, oh, I recognize that strand because I got that strand. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's how we feed this thing. And that's what I think people need to get excited about is cultivating the most dynamic, fantastic, you know, metolius rope, whatever, if you're in the rock life, you know, like the, the most fantastic rope you can. Mm-hmm. Look all these dogs. Let them feed off of each other, but don't become consumed by any one. Right. Exactly. That's that's the hardest part. It's being able to see the the big picture and not uh, just focus on on one of those strands, as you're saying. Right. So yeah, can, that's cool. That's a great analogy. Cool. Uh, so can you? I don't think I came up with it, but but um, <laughs> I don't know where I got it. I don't think I don't think it's right. Uh, but so can. With getting into the shoulder more specifically as far as, you know, we could call it torque, we could call it taking the slack out of the joint, we could call it lining the joint up, mm-hmm. we could call it a nervous system. Like, can we get into a little bit like what is happening at a joint level there that it matters to take the slack out of those guys as you're going into those positions? Well, honestly, if you're, you're it doesn't matter what shoulder position you're in. If you're not moving, it doesn't really affect it much. It's just rottening <laughs> you're, right, you're just right, basically right. dying right. but when, when it comes to when he, when it comes to movement um specifically if if you're listening to your body through pain or discomfort you need to know the difference between those two things mm-hmm. so it's are you feeling pain uh it's it's obvious that it's something that is bad you can just sense it you feel okay as i'm moving i'm feeling pain right. 
but you can also move, and as you're as you're going through movement, you can feel discomfort, which may be uh, muscular fatigue or a certain uh, just sense of, of, of maybe just a challenge. So when when we talk about setting these standards, you will you can tell if I'm pressing a barbell overhead and my shoulder is in a bad position, you're not just going to feel discomfort, but you're also going to feel pain. You're going to feel just a sense that something is wrong. When you have your shoulder in a good position, you're maybe going to press that barbell. It may not uh, rise up and, and, and move the way you want it to move, but what you're going to sense is just discomfort. And we need to know the, the, the difference between those two. And what's happening at the joint is basically you're setting it up so it's mechanically sound throughout every single position that it travels through in the full range of motion. Uh, and that is where uh, people like Kelly Starrett talk about torque, which is just rotating the shoulder into a position that it's stable and that it can do work. Uh, alignment, meaning that uh, the muscular, uh, sorry, the skeletal structure is actually moving freely the way it's supposed to move with maximum uh a muscle activation, if you will, or contraction of the musculature around the joint. Uh, and those are things that are, are a little bit more technical. But for the person that may be listening because they have pain, it's move away from pain. And when you move away from pain, explore and see if what you're feeling is pain or discomfort and learn to differentiate the two of those. Right. Yeah. It's Does that help? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's it's with anything. I'm trying to think of a balancing analogy, whatever. Tr- learning to spin a basketball. You know, mm-hmm. you can f- come to a point, and it falls off, and it falls off. It's like okay, something ain't right. Yeah. You know, you it's not sexy. Right. <laughs> right. Know? It's just not working. You know, but the way that you learn to spin that basketball, maybe get a book, maybe get a YouTube video, maybe explore, get really good coaches to accelerate your process, mm-hmm. and then practice. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the big thing. It's like we are constantly spinning these basketballs from an infinite potential of directions. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at Ido Portal. Look at, you know, any gymnast out there, freestyle mover, parkour mover, martial artist, dancer. And we're going through this wide variety of expansive movement potential, trying to keep the basketball spinning from all these angles. Yeah. The only way to do that is to cultivate your kinesthetic fluency cultivate that movement from those positions Mm -hmm. get out of the dogma yeah yeah (laughs) and that's that's very that's very very hard that's very hard to do it it's something that uh, people struggle with a lot i mean um you know i'm i'm very involved in the crossfit community but i as much as i'm in the crossfit community i'm outside of the crossfit community right just Uh, just enough yeah just enough uh and 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 the reason is because uh, I see CrossFit as a strength and conditioning program that is has a freestyle philosophy behind it. It's kind of like anything goes. Yeah. And what we've seen in the CrossFit world is that for the first time we're living, not for the first time, but in our generation right now, we're living uh, this, this adaptation that is producing signature movements. And uh, if anyone's listening right now and uh, comes from a gymnastics background, Uh, If you ever see uh, a CrossFitter do a muscle-up on the rings, uh, you're most likely going to think they're doing it wrong. But for the CrossFitter, they're doing it right because that's the natural adaptation that occurred over time that was a signature movement that was allowing them to function 
under the challenges that they were they were under and and do that well do that safely do that with load do it as fast as possible and that's what the body has produced and we need to be able to acknowledge that and that's stepping away from dogma and as a coach my job is not to undo that but to reinforce what i talked about earlier how do i make sure that that standard that we're seeing that signature movement is mechanically sound matches the rule of their sport their game and at the same time looks good and serves that function right and that's the hardest part yeah. that's what we're working on and then developing a strong foundation that is the mechanically sound part mm -hmm. of it you know and that's the thing it's like if every day you load up to deadlift bar and it's like you just hunch over and crowd and you're totally unactivated in your glutes and you're just always it's like great that's a movement i have no judgment right you know right. I'm, not, I'm, not exactly. here, I'm not here to judge you're moving you know, but nonetheless, you're creating a, a, a foundation that's just made out of silly putty and sticks and bubble gum. And it's just, you're not going to be able to put anything on it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where we have to balance movement patterns with physiological adaptation and knowing how to do that. And that's where training comes in. That's where practice comes in. Right. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be super scientific and, and, and nutty. It's just daily practice. And it's being aware of that daily practice, what it looks like. Right. So can we talk about, oh, we got about like 10 minutes to go here. That's, that's okay what you said, right? Yeah, we, cool. we're good. Good, cool. Uh, so we talked about uh, in gymnastic rings with into a dip position, right? We mm -hmm. talked about into a press position over your head, right, right with a bar. What about hanging? Because I think that's something that seriously is lacking in our modern culture because we have no reason to hang anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, we mm -hmm. don't need to climb apple trees anymore because now we have apple machines in Costco. Yeah. Well, as you can <laughs> see, as you can see, it's uh, hanging is really is is really coming around. Uh, clearly, the climbing community does it a lot and and trains this all the time and, and have adapted into really effective ways of training it. And then uh, someone like Ido Portal, he's also... Uh, he, I guess three years ago, he started really putting out a lot of information about hanging, which now is, is becoming more and more relevant. And people are realizing, oh, yeah, being able to resist that elevation of, of the scapula and the shoulder is, is equally as important as being able to pull uh, down before you push. Uh, and that's just a geeked out way of saying, let's learn to hang, <laughs> right? Um, then that being said, on top of that, we see... Uh, in the CrossFit community, for example, they, they do a lot of kipping pull-ups and people outside of uh, the CrossFit community see that people are getting injured doing these movements, especially people that are uh, beginners. So they're realizing that we need to learn how to hang so we can learn how to swing and then we can add pulling to it. Right. So there's, there's a lot to be said about it. And that's where, once again, how do we set a standard to learn how to hang? Uh, if, if we go and we talk about something as simple as a pull-up, uh, a lot of times we do a pull-up with our palms, the palms of our hands facing away from us. That's kind of the standard that we look for because if I'm climbing a wall, that's how I'm holding on to things. But if we go back to kind of my book and talking about this anatomical position, the anatomical position has your palms facing forward when your hands are underneath you. So if I were to pick my hands up, all of a sudden, what are we seeing? the back of my hand. So we're in a chin-up position, in a supinated grip, if you want to get a little more technical. Yeah. That grip right there, what it's doing, it's automatically rotating your shoulder into external rotation, winding up the joint, 
and making sure that that shoulder is active. (laughs) And and active, all that means is that there's a muscular tone around the joint that makes sure that when you move, you're ready to move and that at least it's not going to tear out of the socket right away. That's that's kind of what we're looking for. So being able to hang is the beginning of developing that strength. And rotational forces, being able to resist those, are the foundation of locomotion. And that's a whole another uh, conversation we could have. Yeah, absolutely. I want to have that. Um, you know, so we have squatting. We'll not get into squatting because we could do a whole podcast on squatting. So yes, we could. We'll just assume that squatting is very, very important. <laughs> do you want to talk about locomotion? I Why do. Not? Yeah, I really do. I think we should yeah. <laughs> uh, because it will tie in squatting as well. Right. So uh, when it comes to hanging, if you think about it, hanging with two arms, it's something that we can do pretty easily. But as soon as I let go of one hand, what we realize is that it's really hard to hold on. And why is it hard to hold on? Well, because as I hang with one arm, I'm loaded off axis, so off my midline. Anytime I'm loaded off my midline, there's a rotational force that kicks in and has me spin off axis. And what do I do? I resist that rotation. And what is resisting rotation? That is the basic position that I need to establish to have a strong joint in the shoulder or a strong joint in the hips. That is like saying knees out when you squat. That's external rotation at the hip, which stabilizes the pelvis and allows me to stack up the spine. When I hang from one one arm and I let go, what happens? Me resisting that rotation and making sure that I continue to face in the same direction I was facing when I was hanging with two hands, that is resisting rotation. And that right there is the foundation of locomotion. What do I mean? Well, anytime you're walking, every time you pick up a foot, if you pick that foot up and you didn't resist rotation, you would spin off. You see, so if you're taking a step with your right foot and you didn't resist the rotation, you would spin off to the left. That in squatting mechanics is a knee-in fault, a valgus fault, or loss of positional strength. So locomotion is trained under unilateral loading. And we have to be able to do that over and over and over again at short ranges of motion, high ranges of motion, walking, running, jumping, landing, changing directions, rotating, spinning, throwing a ball, catching a ball, all of these things. And that is where we really want to go. And that's why in the chapter where I talk about the pistol, squatting with one leg is so important because the main power generator, which is our hips has to be trained not just for pushing and pulling with two legs at the same time, but one at a time because that's the foundation of that walking and running, changing direction that we need so much. Yeah. Also, something I want to point out with the movements that you're pointing out in your book is you know, the pistol, for example, going able to go, being able to go into that full dorsiflexion with the ankle joint. Mm-hmm. Right? Being able, I don't, you, at some point, I'm sure you mentioned lunging in there probably. Uh, but, yeah, it's you know, part of the progression. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Because that's the toe hinge, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's walking, that's locomotion. And if your toe doesn't hinge, then your shoulder is going to end up feeling that. Your right. hip is going to end up feeling that. Your fingers, if you're sensitive enough, are going to end up feeling that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, because it's that, you mentioned unilateral, it's this contralateral motion Mm -hmm. that every time we step we are squeezing those rags out and if we have integrity that connection through the whole system then we're badass then we look sexy exactly exactly (laughs) and i think you know if 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 people are listening right now you have a very good analogy where you talk about jenga 
Yeah. And I think that's that's a great analogy, just thinking about a game of Jenga and how as you grow, you know, these pieces start moving and you need to do a very good job at balancing things out. Right. And and I think that's that's a very powerful analogy that I think everyone should go and check out. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. So we're almost done. I wanted to just one thing, a really nice thing I think to kind of go out on would be the final step, which is improvisation. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to the point, it's like, okay, well, I can I can do these dogmatic movements, you know, mm-hmm. pull-ups and rows and then, you know, whatever, deadlifts. It's like, I got that. It's getting kind of boring. I'm yeah. want, I want this to build my life. I want this to yeah. enter into my movement when I'm walking down the street, you know, or dancing. Like, mm-hmm. what's the steps to lift off? Well, you know, that's that's great. I think uh, the first thing I want to encourage people to go out and explore things. I was just telling my wife last night, you know, I said, okay, things need to change here. I need to, I need to, I'm, I'm tired of what I'm doing right now. I'm like, I'm going to go do some Tai Chi. I'm going to do some Kung Fu. I'm going to uh, start climbing again a little bit. I'm going to start break dancing a little bit more. I'm just, I just need to spice things up. But for people uh, that are not crazy about physical performance, I think a, a great exercise to help uh, improvise movement is just lying down on the floor on your back or on your belly doesn't matter and just standing up mm. and then lying down again and then maybe doing that 10 20 times doesn't matter how they do it but just do it what you'll see is that the way you moved every time uh, slowly started changing and what did it start doing well it started changing and adapting into very stable uh, and repetitive steps that you can actually formalize and no one taught you, Just you just stood up. And if you can just pay attention to that, you'll realize that you are already improvising without even thinking about it. Yeah. So that's one. The other one is now you can lie down again and you can say, okay, well, I, I used everything I had. Why don't I just put one hand on my head and do the same thing? All of a sudden, you'll realize that you're adapting into different movement patterns. You do that 10, 20 times, you're going to slowly adapt into a certain pattern. And that pattern will be the pattern that will stick with you. It will look slightly different than the one that you had with both hands off your head. But now that's the next layer. And then you can maybe try two hands on your head. Two hands on your head, one foot off the ground. And what you're going to see is that as you play with this, you're going to run into walls where you won't be able to stand up. And it's how you solve those problems that are the first step to freestyling, which is, why can't I get here? Maybe my hips are tight. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have pain in my shoulder. Why do I have pain in my shoulder? How do I solve this? That's awesome. And that's the thing. It's, 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 we want to get to the sexy movements that's and right. sometimes doing, you know, whatever, a, a pistol squat or whatever. It's like, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, those are kind of sexy in a way, but it depends mm-hmm. on who, yeah, sure. who, it depends on who's looking, you right. know? but it's like, Oh, it's not that sexy. Right. You know, I want to be doing a windmill dog. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, but, exactly. It's, but it's like, we move, we go to windmill before we have, you know, a push up. You know, yeah. it's like, that's the thing. It's like sometimes rewind back. I heard you mention before, you know, once you get to 60% perfection or 60% mm-hmm. of movement, it's like, you might be ready to move on a little bit. And as yeah. soon as you're any less than that, step back. And that's the key. Understanding when do I back this thing up? That's what most, you know, Americans at least lack. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's and it, it happens everywhere. I think uh, it's like uh, I compare it to Olympic weightlifting. Just because you can snatch 100 kilos doesn't mean you warm up with 100 kilos. Right. Yeah. 
that's that it's as basic as that and you know it's funny this is the biggest complaint i get all the time uh and especially i, I just launched a new website uh two months ago and i kind of soft launched it freestyleconnection.com just Looks plug good. it right there yeah um but the biggest complaint i receive on this website is Carl, when are you going to teach us the hard stuff? I'm like, right. you guys can't even do a push-up. <laughs> That's what we're trying to solve right now. But once you realize that the push-up is also the hard stuff, right. now you're going to be so excited about learning the most advanced movements too. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's always coming back to that spiral. It's always coming back around the earth, coming back to the point and understanding your neighborhood and really understanding your mom, understanding your push-up. Understand, it's yeah. like, wow, I look yeah. at it differently yeah. now. So it's huge. Uh, question, when do you, are you going to have the book come out on Kindle by chance? Cause I'm going to travel and I'm not gonna be able to travel with a, with a textbook, but I would love well, to buy it right now. It's on iBooks right now. Okay. And I think they wanted to put it on Kindle, but you know, uh, in the publishing world, uh, Amazon and publishing is, is hard, uh, uh pricing. They're always looking for volume and, uh, and it's a little crazy, but iBooks is available. I think cool. Kindle, they were also going to get it out there. I thought it was, uh, almost done. I'm, I'm actually not fully aware. Yeah, I just the re- I'm, I just got a Kindle this week, and I felt like a slave who got a book for the first. I was like, it comes in this little package. I was like, oh, this, the information is infinite. Anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, where do people find you? You mentioned your website, but what's the best? What's the best hub to, to find your stuff at? Well, freestyleconnection.com is actually the best place to find me right now. I I still uh, float around gymnasticswad.com. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook at Carl Powley. And uh, yeah, uh, just uh, Google my name and you, you'll, you'll find a, a link to an email. Yeah. And so I wanted to just say that I really appreciate your style of teaching and I really appreciate your the complexity of the rope thread in your, you. in your system because that's the first thing that I noticed when I saw you originally, you know, like before you were more, more popular or whatever. That's a stupid word. But, you know, before <laughs> more people knew about you, you know, it was yeah. like as soon as I saw a video with you, I was like, oh, He's got it. He's 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 going to be successful. That's you know? awesome. And that that I, that's that's awesome. I thank you so much. Yeah, you know, and it's not that that means anything come from me, but it's is something that I just appreciate that in other people when I see it. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that your potential to teach, I never learned specifically from you, but I know it's solid just from talking to you and watching how you work. So thank you, man. Thank you. Well, next time I'm up in Oregon, make sure to come to my seminar. You you have a free pass, of course. Yes. And, uh, and we'll hang out, okay? Cool. Right this, man. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. I will see you in uh, London. Sounds good. <laughs> see you, dude. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body. You can check out the online coaching where we work work out how to optimize your movement practice so that you can live optimally and pain-free for the rest of your life. As well, be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist, a massage therapist, all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. 
拜。Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Online podcast.